few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I think it's working. It's working now, we know. Welcome in. Uh, it's Utah as well. Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle with you guys as always. A little um, unconventional today. We're not in the studio. We're, uh, we're doing this via Skype, so we, so we hope this, uh, this sound quality works we've got a good show for you before we get started though i've got to give a plug to our sponsors nate wade subaru 1207 south main street salt lake city they have uh still quite a few customers buying cars believe it or not i heard just the other day they sold 12 cars and and mm. they told me that uh you know no matter the circumstances tw- a 12 car day is pretty pretty good they've got absolute cracking deals going on right now including zero percent financing for uh i think for the next six months i mean it's a long time so get on board get yourself a subaru there's a reason you see subarus on the road here in utah i drive one so uh mine's a little older though i probably am probably due for an upgrade but uh don't quite handle that with nate wade um regardless before we get into it uh, a few topics of conversation that we want to talk about tyler huntley had a uh, had a little personal pro day uh we'll, we'll touch base on that clark phillips the third um, has been seen working out on uh, the social media waves. And then, of course, Carl Whittingham made comments regarding the need for spring ball and how he thinks it's going to hurt the Utes moving forward. I also want to talk about, Steve, um, just you know whether or not we think there's going to be a college football season coming up. And if it is, what's it going to look like? I mean, uh, we can dive into that as well. But first, Steve, I'll shut up. I'll let you, I'll let you uh, hand the mic over. How, how are you doing? How are you holding up, my friend? I'm going crazy, Tom. I'm going crazy. This is what now three weeks, three weeks since we've been shut down. This is I'm losing my mind. I'm watching a, too much Netflix. Right. Uh, but, you know, we're making the best of it. And, and that's all that matters. We're making the best of a tough situation that we all find ourselves in. But, yep. you know, we're all uh, we're, we're doing good, doing good over here. So excited to be recording with you again. It's always fun, my man. I know, I know, we have a good time. So I, I guess, have you been, like, have you kind of just been staying in your house? You go for a walk with the missus once a day, I imagine. What do you do? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm either at my place or I'm in my car or I'm at her place. That's that's really it. Like, uh, <laughs> she's got uh, she's got a bad back, which, you know, that limits me and my athletic, you know, ventures in terms of getting out and going for walks. I've... I'm I'm just kidding. I I'm not blaming her for my laziness. <laughs> I am just being lazy, and I'm not getting out at all. Uh, but you know, we're we're doing our best. How are you guys doing with the baby and all? We're good. We're good. And I think I, I spoke about this. Um, by the way, I hope Kendra's 
doing better in all seriousness yeah. that back problems are no fun and i'm fortunate i haven't had too many i've obviously known people that haven't and um if you have a bad if you have a really bad back i don't know the extent of hers but uh like that could like it limits you in just about everything oh yeah like yeah walking. it yeah it's it can it can shut her down at times which is it's scary but right. you know it's it's man it is what it is back problems are the worst kind of problems yeah uh, we'll send her my love and uh and I hope she's on the trail to recovery. But uh, what have I been? I think I spoke about this last week. Silver lining is we have a kid, right? A, a newborn. He's uh, boy. He's going on six weeks. Holy this cow. week! I know it's crazy. So a month and a half already. We're just you know we're we're in that stage where uh, like every now and again we get a just a glimmer of a smile, like a glimpse hey. of a smile we get. But it's like you know mum and dad over here just like. Just itching for him to for him to spread spread those big bloody cheeks yeah. of his open and, and and show some love, but he's good. So you know the silver lining for me is although you know I'd love for the world to kind of get get back to normality, I, I get to spend time with the little man that that I probably wouldn't otherwise. I'd be in the office. So yeah. um, and obviously fortunate that we get to kind of be able to do our podcast still um, just via the internet. You know, mm-hmm. it's a wild, wild world, and um, and so we can kind of still make make ends meet, I guess. But it's it's certainly different, and yeah, uh, trying trying to just stay out of trouble, go to the grocery store. I've started wearing gloves. Mm. Uh, if if I go to the grocery store, sh- grocery store. Yeah, I think that's smart, especially with the newborn child. Yeah, I think that's smart. You got to you know take precautions and that yeah. kind of thing. I and mean, we started. I'm gonna. I'm. If I see you in the grocery store, I'm gonna avoid you because I'm gonna think you're sick or something. But yeah, you know, yeah, no, I, I, I want that. <laughs> I want that. Yeah, we want that distance. <laughs> uh, and you can order. You can actually order groceries online now, which is oh, great. Yeah, which is awesome. I guess you've yeah. probably been able to do it for a while. I've never gotten into it. We did it for the first time. The only downfall is it takes the. We we go through Smiths. It it takes them seven days to pick Whoa. it up. Whoa! Yeah, so I guess we're not the only ones trying to get our groceries <laughs> for uh, pickup. Anyway, there's all that going on. So, um, do you want to start with Tyler Huntley's Tyler yeah. Huntley's home day? Yeah, let's start there. Let's start so, there. Kind of cool. Um, I thought personally um, that that he was able to pull this off. Now, it wasn't kind of just his own pro day. There were other guys. Uh, there were other guys there. But um, Tyler kind of was featured heavily. Um, we we don't need to go through all the numbers, Steve, because you know a lot of people don't really understand. But one number they do get is the forty yard dash, mm-hmm. and um, I guess I guess it's a it did surprise me. I'd be lying if I said it didn't. He he ran a four five six. Yeah. Now it wasn't laser. It wasn't laser. They didn't have the lasers out there, but it was handheld, and there were uh, NFL scouts that were there um that were that were timing and they came to the conclusion that he ran a four five six steve yeah that's impressive that's a good number in fact that's such an impressive number if you go to the nfl combine and see the numbers there of the guys that participated there tyler huntley would have had the fastest time at the nfl combine um amongst the quarterback position and i think i i don't think his speed maybe comes as a surprise um we know he's fast, right? We've seen it at times, but maybe four, five, three, maybe that was a little surprising. 
But I think we all knew, you know, he's got athleticism. He's a good athlete. Uh, but yeah, an impressive number, uh, to say the least. And I think that'll, you know, that'll help him, you know, as, as much as it possibly can, but, uh, definitely some surprising numbers in terms of all of the, the athletic tests, he, he would have finished first, um, in, in most of the, in most of the tests. So that's an impressive showing for Tyler Huntley. Steve, I also thought he, he looked re- really comfortable. I just from his physique, I, I thought his his body language was positive, but his just his build in general, um, he looks like mm-hmm. he's in in really really good shape, which probably you know isn't surprising for somebody that's that's really scratching and clawing at the at the thought of of, of signing an, an NFL contract here over the next month or two. So, um, but but I thought just his body looked really good. He looked like he had control of his limbs. I thought occasionally at Utah, if I were to criticize him, and and I guess I feel kind of bad doing this, but he felt as though maybe he was a little um, uncontrolled just at times. Yeah. You know, he was, he, like, yeah. The way he scrambled was unconventional. And uh, and I, I, I thought, granted, there were no pads, helmets, or no rush coming. But when he started throwing the football, he just looked really comfortable sitting back there mm-hmm. with the NFL pigskin in his hand. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, to your point, there were a couple times where he would, you know, make a cut or change directions. And you're like, that looks like he's going to break his leg or something like it, yeah. it. It's hard to explain exactly what it is, but, uh, you know, his, you, you watch him compared to a guy like Jason Shelley, who's kind of a short strider, you know, quicker than fast. And it just, you know, he was able to, to juke and, and make some cuts that Tyler Huntley wasn't. And so, yeah, just to add to your point about that, it was a little awkward to watch Tyler Huntley, you know, make guys miss and that kind of thing at times. But, uh, you know, it was good to see him throw the ball. And I think there were a few guys there. I'm pretty sure Damari Simpkins was there. I don't know if you noticed him in the video. He's cut his hair and he's gone blonde, Tom. Interesting. I, what, do, what do we think of that? Does that help his draft stock at all? Him going um, blonde now? Well, look, it certainly helps him stand out. Yes. <laughs> yes, um, it does. I don't. I don't think Damari will get drafted, uh, but I do think he will land on a roster, mm-hmm. and I think he'll have an opportunity to prove his worth at rookie minicamp. Um, and and I don't know what the the future holds following that. But you know, anything's possible. Obviously, we saw what Dominic Hatfield did a few years ago. Yeah. Didn't get drafted. Boy, wasn't even invited to a rookie minicamp. Then somebody at the Rams got sick like a day prior to them uh, showing up. They gave Domo a call because they knew he was around the corner. He did so well. I think he had two picks um, in in, in two-minute drills at rookie minicamp. They signed him. And remarkably, because he played so much special teams at Utah, he made the 53-man roster. I mean, a Cinderella story, to say the least. And uh, he's still out there um, yeah. hustling away he's with, with the Rams. So, now. He's with the Panthers now. So, I mean, he's made good money regardless of what, what happens this upcoming season with Domo. He's been in the league two, three years now, and, and he's set himself up for, for, for the rest of his life, quite frankly. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad that you brought up Dominic Hatfield but it, because I believe that that's something that Damari Simpkins can be as well. Just, you know, a guy that can make a roster because he's a hard worker. He's willing to do the little things like being a contributor on special teams. You know, a guy that 
was was a teammate of yours, Jason Thompson. He was a backup right. safety at Utah, but he played in the NFL for a few years because he was willing to be a special teams ace. And so I think for Damari Simpkins, his willingness to accept a role like that could uh, could benefit him down the road. And as long as he embraces that, you know, that's going to bring opportunities later on down the road. But, you know, bringing it back to Tyler Huntley, uh, you know, he, he looked good physically, much improved physically from, you know, last year where we're talking about his weight concerns. Like right. that boy has put on some weight, put on yes. some LBs, yes. you know, it's, it's the good kind of LBs, you know, his back was uh, wide, you know, he's got wings, uh, but he was throwing the ball and he was making some impressive throws. Obviously it's on air. There wasn't right. a defense, which, you know, is tough to gauge. But uh, for the most part, I think the priority here for him was posting good athletic numbers because that's going to uh, get him noticed. Yes. And the good, you know, another good thing here is that he was, while he wasn't invited to the Senior Bowl or to the NFL Combine, he was invited to the East-West Shrine Bowl, which provided him an opportunity to get in front of, of NFL scouts and and they they do their own testing there at these bowl games as well. So they've got that stuff on record as well. And, you know, that's going to help his case. And what's interesting is with the cancellation of these pro days and of NFL teams not going out to visit players or, or bring players in for workouts, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts Maybe not so much the top of the draft where, you know, we know who the guys are, the talent are, but the, the bottom rounds, the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, where you typically see guys from like Northwest Saginaw State, you know, Division Three football, where NFL teams are taking risks on these guys because they've gotten scouts in front of them to take a look at them. I think that this... The, the cancellation of pro days and all of this, the situation we find ourselves in, I think it actually helps a player like Tyler Huntley because he's competed at a high level um, and he's got tape and he's got he's gotten in front of scouts, you know, at the East West Shrine Bowl. So um, coming back to the workout, I think this was just a nice little cherry on top to say uh, for Tyler Huntley in terms of his offseason and preparation for the draft. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree that the East West Shrine invitation should give give fans of his um, a pretty good indication that that there are teams out there that have enough interest in him. If if mm -hmm. there weren't, then he wouldn't he wouldn't have gotten that invite. And um, I, I thought the video he put up, by the way, if you want to see that video in full, you can go to my Twitter page um, at Tom Can't Hack it. While you're there, you may as well follow Steve as well at sbartle two four seven. There's an article on kslsports.com kind of breaking it all down. That was done by Trevor Allen. So uh, plenty of content out there for you to kind of dig your heels in and, and get after if you're into that. But uh, he threw a number of different balls. He threw slants, uh, outs. He threw ins. Mm -hmm. He threw fade routes, post routes, go routes, you name it. Um, and he was able to showcase his his skill set, you know, he darted the ball in when he needed to on a, on a, on a quick two-step slant and, and he was able to put some air under it and, and drop it in the bread basket when, when his receivers were going deep. So um, very, very few did I see kind of the ball thrown off the back shoulder, 
Um, you know, I thought he he was really really accurate. And let's not forget, Steve, this is this is a guy, right? And I guess this is this is another reason why I was just baffled he didn't get an, an NFL Combine invite. He was the second most efficient quarterback in all of college football last year. Mm-hmm. You know, only behind the Heisman winner Joe Burrow. So you know, and and seemingly the overall number one pick in Joe Burrow. So um, he didn't throw it a ton, right? Granted. Utah, Utah under Andy Ludwig did a really, really nice job kind of mixing up the, the run versus pass ratio. But when he threw that football, he threw it well. He threw it efficiently. He put the ball where it needed to be, and the receivers more often than not came down with it. So um, I guess that leads us to, to, to my next question, Steve. Is do, do you think he gets drafted? Yeah, you know, I, I think with everything going on, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I do think that this actually benefits Tyler Huntley um, because he's got everything, he's got the tape, right? You can go back this past season to see his growth and progress, and I think teams are intrigued by the uh, amount of progress that he made from you know his junior year to his senior year, and I think he's still got more potential to to reach. I think he's got a you know a, a higher ceiling to to reach, and so I, I do think that this is going to help. Tyler Huntley, and I do think he he ends up drafted. It's going to be a late-round pick, but I do think there will be an NFL team out there that feels comfortable with what they have in terms of Tyler Huntley, the athlete, and Tyler Huntley, the quarterback, that they're, they'll 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 be willing to to use a pick on him late in the draft. I, I agree. I, I also think, um, and I've been saying this for a few months now since the college football season ended, but I I just think the way the NFL's moving, where it's going, uh, I, I think certainly helps Tyler Huntley. You know, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson's been doing it for a while, but but this new blood of quarterback that has come in and kind of revolutionized the game, uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously Lamar Jackson, um, you know, S- Super Bowl winning quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I mean, these guys are mobile. Like, they mm-hmm. can scramble, they can evade pressure, and it... And, and they can burn you with their feet if they have to. So, you know, it, the way the NFL's moving, where it's going, certainly the Tom Brady's of the world, although he's he's the greatest of all time, don't get me wrong, it's just the future, you know, for a, for a true pocket-passing quarterback just doesn't seem to be as bright as it does for a dual-threat guy that can hurt you in a multiple of different ways. So um, so I, I was really thrilled, really excited about that Tyler Huntley uh, video that he posted i i um i'm excited to see what the future holds for him and i i think he gets picked up later in the in the draft as well um while we're on the topic of of workouts did you happen to see clark phillip that 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 video that was posted online i think his old man posted oh, yeah. it um he's yeah. been getting Holy after sucks. it yeah he's been working hard man and i think the most impressive thing was that boy's yoked like that dude has been lifting some weight. Like he is, he's built up top. He's ready to go, man. But you know, it's it's good to see him, and and a lot of the Utah players that are home are trying to get their own workouts in. It's not just Clark Phillips out there doing it, but but a lot of players are out there working out and, and doing the best, you know, with what they have available to them. I know uh, Lacrea Pleasant Johnson, uh, Makai Bernard uh, have all been doing their own workouts from home and and that kind of stuff but seeing this and seeing Clark Phillips you know putting in the work and just seeing him physically was just impressive he has a younger brother there with him Bryce Phillips who is a 2021 
uh, cornerback prospect. Uh, and, and there was another, um, another 2021 recruit that actually has a Utah offer and Robert Reagan uh, as well, working there with them. And so it, it's good to, to see those guys, you know, Clark putting in the work and, and just grinding. It was super impressive, the work that they were doing as well. Yeah, no, they were they were running hills. They were they were lifting weights, and mm-hmm. uh, they they looked fast, which was, which I'm sure brings a smile to to the coaches' eyes, to their fellow teammates' eyes, and of course the Utah fan base that's as wild and uh, rowdy as as uh, as always. But uh, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm sure like five five different times over the course of the next six months. Um, but do you still do you still feel pretty confident Clark Phillips is is a surefire starter at that DB spot? This I year? do, yeah, I do. I I just think, and I think it has more to do with his mentality more so than anything else. I think he's he's at a place in terms of his technique where Coach Shaw can trust him, um, you know. But I think it's his mentality, his want to uh, to compete and and to compete against the best. We talked about this on a previous. Um, episode, but there was a series in one of Utah's spring practices where Clark Phillips matched up against Britton Covey on a rep, and then his next time on the field, he was matched up against Brant Keithy, and then his next and final rep in in the series was against Solomon Enos, and each time he forced an incompletion against Britton, uh, except for ex- except for against Britton Covey, he allowed a, uh, a catch there, but he's just he just has the mentality the right mentality um and i think he's he's advanced enough in terms of his his technique and just his natural ability that i think he's he should be counted upon to to be a starter this this fall hopefully <laughs> yeah no i i'm excited i've i've heard nothing but good things your insight obviously uh, well valued by our listeners. So, um, Clark Phillips, by the way, kind of been likened to to Jalen Johnson. Um, and I saw something, Steve, that I don't know. I don't know if you've seen, but but the Vikings are apparently in um, in pretty deep conversation with Jalen Johnson. Uh, the Vikings, by the way, they just they just released uh, a few weeks ago now. Xavier Rhodes, kind of their former 2013 first round cornerback. And uh, and so they're certainly looking to to kind of try and replace the productivity in which Rhodes gave them for for so many years. But um, but Jalen Johnson, you know, I I I still think um, Jalen Johnson will be the first you taken off the board, and I, and, and I'm still going to stand by the fact that I think he's a first round guy. Um, uh, I haven't I haven't really heard much. When it comes to how the, how his workouts have been going, how the interview process went at the combine, I'm not sure if you have either, but uh, I, I think he's he's a top notch human. Um, I'm sure he did very well with the interviews, you know, and some of those mm-hmm. those weird questions they ask. Um, and obviously, he's got the tape to prove his worth. Um, I I think he's a pick. I think he is a first day pick, Steve. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he's. If you're hoping for something, I think you're hoping for him to be a late first day pick because that means he's he's going to an organization that is winning that's at a place where they just need you know a a contributor and I think Jalen Johnson can be that I think I've seen him you know mocked anywhere from the Minnesota Vikings Seattle Seahawks the Kansas City Chiefs and I mean you you look at those teams and you're like man 
that would be just a, a great fit, a great opportunity for Jalen because those teams do need help at cornerback. Minnesota, you've already mentioned, they have a knack for you know those bigger cornerbacks, and they'll need one with Xavier uh, Rhodes moving on. But Seattle is another uh, a great fit for him because Jalen has such good feel in zone coverage, particularly you know where he's playing cover three, which is what the Seahawks are known for. I think that that's a great fit up in the Northwest. There are already a handful of, of Utah players in the Seattle organization. Pete Carroll loves Utah players. He's been on record as saying as much. And so I think that that could be another destination. I do think that Jalen Johnson will be either a day one or a day two, you know, second round guy. But I'm with you. I'm I'm completely with you in terms of him being the first Utah player selected. I just think he's got some elite um fill for the game and for the position and he's still got a lot to like he's a high level prospect but he's got so much more potential that he can reach you know with nfl coaching and uh and and that so i'm i'm definitely excited for jalen i think he's got a great future ahead of him but i'm with you i think he'll be a day one day two type guy i'm dave Colley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, to go back to the workouts, um, you know, obviously spring football, Steve, it's not going to take place. Uh, we, we talked about it, you know, kind of the impact it could have when, when we talk about the University of Utah, that they, they still they still don't really know who their, their starting quarterback's going to be. They would have really valued um, the practices during spring to, to just try and, and sift their way through that that major headache that I'm, I'm sure it's causing coach Whittingham and coach Ludwig. Um, we, we, st- we don't know what the NCAA is going to do um, when slash if the season uh, comes back um, for 2020. And uh, coach Whittingham was actually, uh, was actually, was actually quoted just kind of given his insight um, on, on, on kind of how this is all played out, how it affects his team um he says it's he says we'll see how things transpire ncaa's talking about perhaps if things calm down giving schools that missed x amount of spring days uh, and given the opportunity to catch up in june and july to get some practices in as of right now uh they're just hoping for things to try and get back to normal um so so still a lot of confusion kind of surrounding what's going to happen um and, and we'll get into that here over the next couple minutes our thoughts on on the 2020 season 
if it takes place, what it will probably look like. Um, and, and that, of course, is, is a big if at this point. You just We just have no idea. And, and by the way, the NCAA, obviously not the only league organization kind of going through this. There's, there's every organization across the entire world that's trying to figure out um, an appropriate time to come back if there is one. Um, so, so, but I do know, I do know that the coaching staff, Steve, they've been in contact with the players a ton uh, on the daily position groups, position coaches rather are spending time talking with their position players. Um, you know, they've been doing Zoom meetings. They've been given a workout book. Um, this is all stuff we talked about last episode. So they're, they're, they're trying their best to, yeah. to make ends meet, just to try and get through this. And, and so when they eventually do come back, whenever that may be, they, they can kind of hit the ball, uh, get the ball rolling again, if you will, and, and try and not, not take too big of a hit. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few months. Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, recently um, you know, had an interview with another publication, I think it was the Mercury News, and stated that May 31st is kind of like the deadline of when they want to have a decision made on what the 2020 football season is going to look like. And and I think that's going to be interesting, right? Because we're we're currently it's April 1st, uh that which gives us what May, June, July, August four four months or so before we get close to to football season. I think college football teams I think they would need 4 to 6 weeks for conditioning just to get back into shape back into football shape where they can legitimately feel comfortable about competing on the football field again and then I think they still need a fall camp which is another 4 weeks or so and then for the teams that lost out on those spring practices you know what do you do for them to help them uh do are they given more practices and more time to get acclimated and to get up to speed to catch up to other programs that have had you know eight nine practices this right you know so this is all going to be fascinating to see how it plays out but larry scott has talked about may 31st being the target date and when they want to have a decision made on what could potentially happen with the 2020 football season there's a lot of logistics stuff that you don't think about you know as as you know people not in the program but there's just a lot of logistics a lot of realities that go into making a decision about a a football season you know go ahead go ahead i was just going to say you make a good point because some teams some schools use trimesters others use semesters so you know they're all on these different schedules um and, and to try and find a level play a level playing field I, I i personally feel as though that's just got to be almost an impossible task for the ncaa if the season if the season does end up happening steve i i'm under the impression that it's not going to be a level playing field no matter how you how you go about it yeah no i i think we're getting to that point where you know if if we do have one which you know there's still a a, a good amount of hope that we'll have one this fall but uh, will it be impacted? Will it be pushed back a month? Will it be condensed? You know, who knows what it's going to look like. But I, I definitely think we need to come to, you know, just come to the conclusion that it won't be a, a, a fair uh, playing field, a level playing field. You know, that yeah. some teams are are going to have an advantage of 
you know, additional practices that they were able to to get in this spring that other programs won't be able to to have. And I think that's especially for Utah this year, that's especially painful because there is so much that they have to sort through. There is so much that they, you know, they rely so much on on player development and coaching in the offseason. You know, and with the secondary and with the defense that, you know, they've got a lot of spots to fill, that's especially painful. So it's going to hurt Utah quite a bit, um, you know, but again, all of this is still to be sorted out. It's just, it's crazy to think, like, the impact that all of this can have, you know, yeah. four, three, four months from now. Yeah, so so Coach Whittingham, to go back to kind of his interview, his his comment that he made on the issue, he joined former Utah quarterback and legend Scott Mitchell, as well as well-known radio personality Alex Keery on KSL News Radio. It's 1160 AM, 102.7 FM. Um, to talk about it, and when he was asked about about trying to just figure out a two deep, he he said, you know, it's a tough question to answer right now, not knowing how things unfold, how much additional time the NCAA is going to give us, but we're going to have to do whatever ends up being the ground rules and parameters we will have to deal with. It may not be an ideal amount of time for us to get it done, um, and we may have to make some decisions without much of a body of work to evaluate, you know, as much as they would like, but. But that's what they got to do. Whatever hand is dealt to to them is 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 what they're going to work with. So um, the NCAA trying to just sort out how to create some sort of eleven play playing field when all of this hopefully kind of get, gets back to normal. You know, these coaches as well are, are tasked with with some really difficult decisions um, and and decisions that could that could certainly come back to bite them. Steve, you know, if if you decide to play one kid over another and um, you know, and you upset an individual and, and he ends up, you know, entering the transfer portal. I and mean, these are all things that I'm sure a lot of teams out there are going to have to deal with. And um, it, it's almost it's almost unfair, isn't it? To, at some at some point, you know, you just feel as though these kids uh, deserve an opportunity. Um, you know, are you, you going to risk kind of making these impromptu decisions that could have some pretty big ramifications um, I feel I, f- I feel sorry for not only the NCAA, um, but also these these coaches that are going to try and and sift through two deeps and and depth charts and and who gets playing time and who doesn't. It just seems like you know chaos almost. Yeah, it, it's going to. And this is this is the stuff that we you know maybe we don't see because this isn't on the surface, right? This isn't uh, you know a quarterback battle like like Jake Bentley and Cameron Rising, that is so prominent out there in, in, in the media. Everybody's talking about Jake Bentley versus Cam Rising, but there are a lot of competition, a lot of position battles, even between the second and third guys, that that stuff matters. And especially yeah. you know at Utah where Kyle Whittingham is all about competition and, and you know n- the next man up mentality, you got to be ready at all times. That depth is important, and so it's a tough hand to be dealt, like you said, but everybody is in the same boat, right? And I think right. that's kind of the thing is, like, who's who's going to do – who's going to handle this the best? I don't know. You know, I, I trust I trust Coach Whittingham. I trust Coach Scally and Shaw and, and Ludwig to make the best decisions and, and, and that kind of thing, but – this is the these are the tough things that you you just kind of take for granted 
the impact that the situation we find ourselves in, just exactly what it means for the program. Right. So I guess as we as we kind of try and predict what the future may hold, Steve, I'll I'll, I'll go first and say um, I, I just see I just have a really hard time trying to wrap my head around how the season is going to play out. I, I I think if I if I were to to guess. There probably there probably won't be a season, and I know a lot of Utah fans must be really sad to hear that um, coming from me. But I just, you know, I, I just don't see it happening because the bottom line is, even if we can flatten the curve, they're saying that they're saying that for a vaccine, it's it's twelve to eighteen months, and I hope they can expedite that. Although that that that's an already expedited um, date that they're telling us, and so we might not get a vaccine until. February, April, this time next year, if not longer, if it's if it's eighteen months, um, uh, the hope would be that they can find some sort of cure. Uh, but who knows if if they're going to be able to do that by the time college football season comes around? I mean, it's creeping up on us. You know, the days are ticking by, weeks are ticking by. We've already been quarantined now for for three weeks, going on a month, depending on where you work. Um, so I just have a really hard time. There's no way. There's you know maybe restaurants start opening up and maybe you can uh, you, you can kind of congregate in groups of 15, 20 and pre- feel pretty safe about doing it. But getting fifty thousand people packed into a stadium, you know, like Rice Eccles, where you know a lot of the seats are bleachers, you know, where you, they cram you in there in that north end zone and they pack it, you know, like a can of sardines. I, I, I just, if there's no vaccine and there's no cure, I mean, come on, you can't tell me that, that they're going to have a season and, and, and maybe they have a season without fans. I don't know. I don't know what they end up doing, but, but I don't think Rice Eccles Stadium will be 50,000 full come, what, what day are they meant to play BYU? Is it September 3rd? Uh, I'll check. <laughs> Regardless, I guess it's irrelevant, but I don't think they, I don't think they have 50,000. No, and that's so, and that's where this gets uh, gets interesting because if you're not willing to allow the fans to come to the stadium, then then how how do athletic programs generate the revenue that they'll need for to you know to stay in business essentially right. for lack of a better phrase you know uh, football brings in so much money across the country. Uh, it, it brings in so much money that they are able to fund the other athletic programs at a university, however many they there may be. And See, they, this is, they help they help departments. Yeah, yeah. The, the athletic cool. program, which is like I remember, my wife she she studied graphic design, and they got this brand new facility, this brand new building on campus. And that was paid for by the athletic department. And and at Utah, it's football and gymnastics. Yeah, it used to be it used to be basketball, but right now it's football and gymnastics that bring in the most money. They're paying for upgrades all across campuses. Yep, and, and, and that's exactly it. Like you're seeing the upgrades, and that money just isn't growing on trees. Like it's being generated by, you know primarily the football team and the football program just because of how you you fit 50,000 people into a stadium six or seven times in, in four months that's a lot of revenue 
And this is where it gets a, a little tricky because if you're not willing to open it up and to allow fans into the stadium, how are you going to generate revenue? How can you move forward without, you know, if there's not a vaccine, you know, if you're not willing to to bring people in, this is where the, the tough decisions are made. And I think maybe pushing back the season to allow more time. It all just kind of depends on what happens over the next few months. But, man, I think there is a – I'm with you. I think there's a real possibility that, you know, as we get into fall, people just are not – the decision makers, not just people, but the 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 decision makers, Larry Scott, the other uh, conference commissioners, they're just going to, they're not going to be comfortable with it. and and i I think there's a there should be a valid a big concern that we won't have football this fall. Um, and again, i I guess i'm I'm no expert when it comes to television deals. i I don't I haven't studied the contracts. i I don't know. How long Utah's got left in there? You know, I, I don't understand. But what I do know is if they don't allow fans and they're able, you know, to get a season going, and, may, and maybe they, they, they cancel non-conference games. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they just yeah. play conference schedules, which, you know, if you're a BYU fan listening to this for whatever reason, then you're probably a little worried because you guys don't have a <laughs> conference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but television money, you know, television, radio, I mean, that – People are just, you know, ESPN and and the like. They're gonna ABC, whoever at CBS. They're gonna pay big, big dollars to to get those rights. And so maybe that that helps save some athletic programs out there that that don't generate as much money as the likes of Utah. Um, I don't I don't know. I I don't. Maybe they won't be a season altogether, and then they just say, you know what, we'll can twenty twenty. We'll look towards twenty twenty one. I I hope that they don't can it. Although I think they. I, I got a feeling they might, yeah. but it, I think it'd be cool. I, I do think it would be cool to just postpone the season. What if they played 2020 season in the springtime, the winter slash springtime of 2021? I, I'm all for that because because I I was a part of the Utah football team for four years, and I can tell you how long those off seasons are. Those off seasons are long. I mean, it <laughs> like it never ends. You know, it's. Yeah. horrible from a player's perspective because the season's so short you know at best you get 15 games and that's if you win the whole thing most most schools out there might get 13 if they can make it to a bowl yeah. game um if you don't then you only get you you know the 12 or, or whatever it is but um i'm all for i'm all for pushing the season in the, in the springtime let's get some winter springtime football once this all settles down and hopefully we got a vaccine hopefully we got a cure by then and everybody can get on their merry way and, and and get up on the hill and tailgate like the good old days. That would be wild. Football in the springtime. That's not the XFL or AAF or the Canadian Football League, but college football in the springtime. I that would be that would be wild. You know, and then the thing is, is what what kind of impact would that have on the following season? Do you stay on the same schedule? Like the the timing and logistics. I'm trying to work it out through my head as as you were talking about it and it's like when would you have to start the season in, in that situation would it be february would it be march how do you play just conference games where you've got eight or nine games so that's about what two three months you know of football where that gets you to the end of may that's typically where guys are are coming back to programs after you know a long break 
from football and then you get right back into it in you know the middle of june july like that's this is where it gets crazy to me is like what exactly what are our options here how do we move forward with this and I, i wish there was just an easy solution right like i wish logistically if you could just cancel the season i guess this year suspend it delay it everybody gets an extra year of eligibility like to Uh me that that seems like the easiest thing and we just kind of reset come back next year try again that's a long time it's a long time and that and then you know you think of all of uh, what would go on with in terms of uh the paperwork of it all with compliance and tracking everybody's eligibility like just the the actual uh, uh just yeah. everything that would go into it would just be crazy to me so, so it's, it's gonna be wild man it, it's good yeah it's gonna be wild let, let me ask you a question but before we get out of here i would you rather, Steve, would you rather the season play out in the fall without fans or, or would you prefer it to be postponed until the winter, January, February, March of 2021, where it's kind of back to normal and, and fans uh, wow. feel comfortable, more importantly, to, to show up to Rice Eccles Stadium? Would you rather a season with no fans or would you rather wait? You know, you're willing to sacrifice, yeah. like, I don't know, what is that? Four or five months of no, oh. no football when you should have it for oh. a regular season. This is a tough one, Tom. This is a tough one. You know, like, obviously, like, we all want football. We all want to get back to some sense of normalcy, right? Like, I think everybody wants that. We're all to that point. It's like, okay, let's let's get back trending the other way now. But, man, uh, the coaches, the athletic directors, like, do they want – to play without the possibility of generating revenue? Are they still going to require fans to, to make donations for, you know, that kind of stuff? I don't know. I personally, for me, like I would love to have football again, whether it means not playing in front of fans or playing in front of fans. I don't know, but I, I would love to have football again and have it this fall. But man, there is some real concern that we won't, but I, I hope that we can get it back on at least the television this fall. What do you uh-huh. what do you think, Tom? So uh, so I'm going to go the opposite. I I but like Steve, like yeah. people have yeah. to realize. You, you know, you are a meathead at heart, you know. Yes. Like you yes. love your football. And 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 I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I I love it with everything I have as well. You know, I really really enjoy, you know, it's 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 kind of it's formed me. It's shaped me. It's mm-hmm. given me so much. I'm I'm so appreciative for it. But, but, but playing without fans, you know, I'm kind of taking yeah. the, the whole LeBron James route here. I guess it just it it's not going to feel right. And and right. so if it if it means for me personally, if I have to sacrifice four or five months, however long it is, when you know knowing that there should be football being played and it's not, but 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 knowing that it'll be back to normal. It'll just be a different time of year for just this one season. I, th- I think I'd rather that personally, but, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe we ask the people, Steve, maybe we put it out on our, on yeah. our Twitter handles. Um, follow Steve, by the way, at S Bartle two, four, seven, you can follow myself at Tom can't hack it. 
Um, and we asked the people, because I think that that's an interesting conversation. And, uh, and I think a lot of people will have differing opinions on the matter. Yeah. Um, whether they're avid Utah fans, avid football fans or not, I think, I think that'll be, that'll be a, a conversation starter to say the least. Right. Uh, I agree. So anyway, Hey, um, by the way, we, we, we got to give a, a quick shout out to, to Nate Wade Subaru. I, I just want to inform you guys, if you go to natewade.com, you can check out their inventory there. They've got this remarkable deal going on right now. They've, they've just announced that, you know, if you buy a car, they'll give you 90 days to defer your, your first payment. So you could buy, you could buy a car today. You could buy a car tomorrow, hey, whenever. And, uh, and you've got 90 days. You got three months to make that first payment on the vehicle. So, um, you know, just, just off, off, off state street there. Uh, sorry, main street. I think it is. It's 2107 South main street in Salt Lake city. I apologize, but Nate Wade Subaru, you can check them out. NateWade.com. Steve, you're the man. This has been fun. I'm excited, uh, to do this on the weekly basis. Uh, I'm excited that technology's allowed it. Uh, you look, you know, as handsome and as good as I've ever seen you. So, uh, so thank you for hanging out with us. Tom, thank you, man. This is great to to get uh, to continue to do this with you. And it's you know while we work through this, uh, you know we're still continuing to work and 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 do our thing. And so it's always fun to get back and record the podcast with you. I, I think the response to the podcast has been great. We definitely appreciate our listeners uh, for the support. As always, it's it's it means a lot to us. Yep. And so, you know, we're we're go- we're going to continue on and and continue to to look for for topics and and discuss a lot of things because I, I think people appreciate you, Tom, a lot in this market and and what you bring to the table. So it's it's always a lot of fun for me to 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 have this hour or so just talking and shooting the breeze with you. No, oh, I appreciate you, Steve. You're the man. So um so don't forget kslsports.com if you want to keep up to date with with all the stories, all the sports stories, of course. Don't forget, um, uh, is it utezone.com, Steve? Yes, utezone.com for yep. uh, for utezone.com for all your kind of your your real nitty picky Utah gritty stories. You know, all the insights can be found on that website. You guys do terrific work, Steve. You're the man. We'll be back next week. Um, stay safe, all right. Wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs>